Today is an exciting day. We're going to be talking about faith. Who's excited to talk about faith today? I'm excited. You're excited. It's going to be good. I believe that God has a word for you today, that he's going to sow something into your life today that's going to inspire you, that's going to challenge you, and it's going to cause each one of us to take a step forward in our relationship with God. I want you to come with expectation, believing that God is gonna do something in your life because when you expect God to move, God will answer those prayers. You come in without expectation, who knows what's gonna happen, but you come believing that God's gonna do something, get ready for what God's gonna do in your life. So expect God to do something in your life today. We're talking about faith. The title of the message is Walking by Faith. And I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, and we're gonna look at the definition uh, that the Bible gives to us for faith. It says, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. Verse six, without faith, it is possible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So what is faith? Faith is not confidence in this world. Faith is not confidence in human wisdom. The faith that we're talking about here is not confidence in a stock market. It's not confidence in the governments of this world. It's not confidence in your boss or your spouse or your children. It's not confidence in the ways of this world. The confidence that we're talking about, the assuredness that we're talking about is faith in the God that we serve. Who serves a good God? Come on, I'll say it again. Who serves a good God? That's what I'm talking about. That sounds like some confidence in the room. Now, I know there may be people come to this room and you have some baggage with faith. You may have some things in your life where, hey, things didn't work out the way that you thought it would. Maybe you had to wait for an extra long time for something and you just never even saw God do the thing that you were praying for. Maybe you have questions about God and you're like, God, if you're really real, how can the world look the way that it looks today? We have wars going on. We have suffering going on. We have people that are going hungry. How can the world look like this? How can I have faith in a God like that? And you may have a lot of baggage today, but here's what I wanna tell you. Our God, the God that we serve, the God that we're gonna talk about today, the God of Abraham that we're gonna learn about today, that God is a powerful God. He is a loving God. He's a compassionate God. He's also a just God. And today, he wants you to know him and have a personal relationship with him. And my challenge to you today is for every single one of you to take a moment today to challenge yourself, to grow in your faith. Take, take some time this morning to sit back and think about what is it that God is doing in your life? Where am I at in my life today? Where am I going in the future? And how can I keep growing towards God? I heard a saying one time that said, you're either growing or you're dying, but you're never standing still. Where are you at today? I wanna be one of those people that's growing towards God, that's growing in my faith and is growing in the things that God has for me. Let's pray. Jesus, we, we welcome you into this place today. We don't serve a God that's dead. We serve a God that's alive. We serve a God that came to be with his people, to dwell with his people. And we are excited, God, for all that you have for us here today. Would you open our hearts to see you for who you are? Help us to understand, God, what you're doing in the season of life that we're in. 
I pray that there would be healing, that there would be miracles, that faith would rise up, that people would take a step closer to you today. And God, more than anything, I just pray, Lord, that people would have an encounter with you. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. Walking by faith. Well, if we're gonna look at walking by faith, I think that the, the best person we could look at is the life of Abraham. His nickname is literally the father of faith. There were three religions that were birthed from his lineage, the Arabs, the Jews, and the Christians. The, most, of the, most of the religions of the world come from this man of faith. So we're gonna learn a little bit about his life today. I want you guys to turn to Genesis chapter 12. And we'll have the scriptures up on the screens. There's also a QR code in front of you if you wanna use a Bible on your phone. Genesis chapter 12, verse one, it says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Now you may notice here that the name uh, uh, in that passage in verse one was Abram. Um, Abram and Abraham are the same person. God's gonna change his name uh, in some verses later on that we're gonna get to. But here God is making a promise to Abram. If you're taking notes, notes today, faith must be grounded in God's word. It must be grounded in God's word. And God is making a promise to him. He says, I am gonna make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Verse three, and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. So here we see that Abram, who is later gonna be called Abraham, we see him having an encounter with God where he met with God. He got close to God, God begins to speak to him and God makes promises to him. And the promise that he makes is that he's gonna make him a great nation. Now, there's a problem uh, that's in Abram's life right now. First of all, he's 75 years old. And if you're 75 years old and you don't have any children yet, and you're getting told that, you're gonna, that a great nation is gonna come from you, you're gonna have a lot of doubts. You're gonna have a lot of insecurities. But I wanna tell you something. If God says it, you can trust it. If God promises it, you can stand on it. Because God's word is true. And God is faithful. And he is a good God. So if we're going to follow God in faith, the first thing we have to know is what has God said? What is it that God has said? What is it that God is saying in your life to you right now, today? Take some time to think about that. What has God said to you this past year? What are the things that you're believing God for in the future? I remember when I was 17 years old and I was praying for the person that I was gonna one day marry. I like telling stories about my wife because people get excited about my wife and I feel like you guys are gonna enjoy that. So, uh, But I remember when I was praying, I was 17 years old, I went on a missions trip to Mexico and on that missions trip, we did a drama where this person had, had their heart and it was, it was just music because you know we couldn't speak, we, most of us didn't speak Spanish and so uh, the drama was, was illustrating this point about the person's heart and the heart, they had their heart in their hands and they would give it to this person and this person would take the heart and at first they were gentle with it, but eventually they got a little bit more violent with it and then they gave the heart back and the person would look at their heart and they would say, oh man, my heart, look what has happened to you. 
And then they would give that heart to someone else. And again, at first, everything would be great, but eventually they would, they would begin to, to damage the heart again and they would give the heart back. And each time the heart came back, the person was a little bit more broken. And I remember God was revealing to me that this is the way that dating relationships often work. And I, I, I prayed a prayer to God and I stood in faith and I said, God, I don't want my heart to be given to all these different people. I want my heart to be given to the one that you have for me. And I wanna protect that heart and I wanna keep it safe. And so I prayed to God and I said, God, I don't know how this is gonna work. I really don't. I don't know how I'm supposed to meet somebody and just know that this is the right relationship and just know that this is the person I'm supposed to marry and then walk that out. But I prayed and I prayed to God and I said, God, you're gonna have to make this abundantly clear to me. You're gonna have to make this super, super clear to me that this is the person I'm gonna marry so that I don't end up dating all these different people. I'm like, you're gonna have to make it so clear that it's almost like this woman just shows up on my doorstep. And I know you're gonna think I'm crazy, but at 25 years old, that was 17, at 25 years old, my wife showed up on my doorstep. She was born in India. She lived there till she was 10 years old. She moved to Chicago. She lived in Chicago until she was in college. And, she, and God took a city girl from Chicago, a girl who was born in India, brought her halfway across the world and planted her in my apartment complex. And she used to come over, we would hang out with friends, we'd watch movies, we'd have dinner, we'd do those different things. And she would knock on my door and she literally was on my doorstep. You think that God doesn't believe, uh, doesn't answer prayers? I'm, t- I'm here to tell you today, God answers prayers. That woman showed up on my doorstep. Give God some praise for that. If you've been waiting and you've been searching for God and saying, God, will you come through in this way? And you have been struggling. Let me tell you, you're not the only one. A lot of people have struggled with their faith. I wanna look at, uh, I wanna look at what God says in Genesis chapter 16. So Abraham receives the promise. He's 75 years old. But some time begins to pass and the promise hasn't come. And now they begin to, they begin to move on. And it says, now Sarai who's Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. The Lord has kept me from having children. Where did she get that idea from? God had promised that they were gonna have children. So where does she get this idea that God was keeping her from having children? Then she says, go, Go, says to her husband, Abram, go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai had said. And so after Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years, Sarai, took, uh, Sarai, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar and she conceived. So Hagar bore Abram a son and Abram, gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. 11 years had passed. The promise wasn't happening. They began to doubt. They began looking for answers. They turned their faith away from God and put their trust in their own ability. Maybe we're the ones that are supposed to make this happen. You ever feel that way where, man, I've been waiting so long, man, I just gotta do something. I just got the itch. I got to make it happen. 
This is where they were, 86 years old, no children, but God was setting them up for a miracle. God wanted his power to be displayed through their faith and through their life. So they began to doubt. You know, the enemy is the one who comes to bring doubt about what God says in your life. Do you know that he wants to come in and cause you to think that God is not faithful, that his word is not true? In Genesis, uh, he actually brought doubt to Adam and Eve. That's where, that's where sin came into this world because he got, he got Adam and Eve to question that God really, what he said about the tree was really true. And they began to doubt and that's where sin came in. And now we look at Abram and Sarai and now they have an Ishmael. And things, things are getting bad for them because the thing that they thought was permanent now has caused even more pain in their life because now there's this other child and this other woman that's a part of their life. If you struggle with doubt, I want you to know you're not alone. Many of the great men and women of faith have also struggled with doubt. Abram, Abraham and Sarah, they questioned God's power to give them a child. Moses, who is one of the greatest leaders in the history of Israel, who brought them out of slavery, questioned his own identity and God's plan for him. David, one of the greatest kings to ever live, definitely the greatest king in Israel's history, questioned whether God was hiding his face from him. This is the guy that wrote most of the Psalms, didn't even believe that God, didn't even believe that God was close to him at times. Job questioned whether God was against him. I've had that one many times in my life. God, are you just against me? Like, is all this thing, is all this happened in my life because you have something against me? The apostle Thomas, one of the 12 disciples that walked with Jesus day after day for three and a half years, saw the signs, saw the miracles, saw Jesus perform all the things that he performed in his life, questioned the resurrection, doubted that Jesus really had resurrected from the dead. Many of the great men and women of faith have doubted. You know, I told you that I lead our online discipleship huddles, and there's two things that we always ask in our huddles. We ask, what is God saying to you, and what are you gonna do about it? We have to go back to what God has said. You know, there's a lot of people that they don't even know if God speaks. I, I don't know if I've heard him. And I wanna tell you that it, all you have to do to hear God speak is open your Bible because everything in your Bible is the word of God. You just have to read it. You have to spend time with it. You have to spend time getting to know him. But he can speak in many ways. He can speak in your circumstances. He can speak through inner peace. He can speak through people. He can speak through a sermon. He can speak through angels. He's spoken in audible voices. God speaks in many ways, but we have to be looking for him. We have to listen to what God is saying. So Abraham and Sarah, in this part of the passage, they're doubting. They make a mistake, they sin, and Ishmael comes into the world. But I wanted to tell you, their story is not over yet. You heard that song that we sang today? My story is not over yet. Their story was not over yet. Your story is not over yet. Genesis chapter 17, verse one. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blamelessly. 
And then I will make my covenant between you, between me and you, and will greatly increase your numbers. And Abram fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant. Uh, And God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations and I will make you very fruitful. I will make you, I will make nations of you and the kings will come from you. Here we see God changing Abram's name to Abraham. Abram means exalted father. It comes from Av and Ram, exalted father. Abraham means father of multitude, father of multitude. God, what God was doing here is he's saying, Abram, it's not too late for you. I still have a plan for you. And he begins to mark him. He begins to put his mark on him. He changes his name and he says, your future is not gonna be where you were in the past. He had spent his entire life being called father. His entire life, every single person, 99 years old, every person had called him father, 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 father. It was a reminder of the one thing in his life that he was standing in faith for, the one thing that he was believing for that hadn't come to pass. And here God comes and he says, you know what? I'm not just going to change your name, but I'm going to name it father of multitude. That's the God that we serve. God is is a God of goodness and he has a good plan for our life. We have the power to name our situation. You and me, we have the power to name our situation. God gave us the authority to name the, the animals. He gave Adam the authority to name the animals and you have the power to determine what is it you're gonna call the situation that you're in? What is it that you're gonna call the season of life that you're in? Is it gonna be defeated? Is it gonna be poor? Is it gonna be destitute? Is it gonna be broken? Or is it gonna be victorious? Is it gonna be healed? Is it gonna be prosperous? Is it gonna be called? We have the power to name our seasons. I remember a pastor one time who used to, I heard him talking in a message and he talks about how he used to name each room in the building in his house, in his church by specific names because he wanted those names to mean something. He wouldn't call it a prayer room, although I love our prayer room back here. We got a new prayer room that we just installed back there. If you need prayer today, go check it out after the service. He wouldn't name it a prayer room. He would name it a miracle room because the name has power. There's power in a name, isn't there? What are the names that you have been putting on yourself? What are the names that you have been putting on other people? Maybe your children, maybe your spouse. God has a word for someone today. And I'm telling you, you, you're in a relationship that you feel like is broken that God can't restore, that God can't heal. And I'm telling you, God is the God of the impossible. If you stand in faith, I do believe that God can restore and, and, and do that. Now, not everything that happens in our life will come to pass in this lifetime. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 11, the, the passage we were reading before, if you read the whole chapter, many people didn't get to see it in this lifetime, but they still stood in faith. And you know what faith does? Even when we don't see it, it brings us closer to the one who we are seeking. It brings us closer to the one we put our confidence in. 
It brings us closer to God. And we may not see all of the promises fulfilled in our lifetime, but we know that God is good and we know that he has a plan for us. There are many people that have had their names changed in the Bible. One that stands out to me is uh, Jacob's son, Benjamin. He was actually born Benoni because his mother, Rachel, was dying during childbirth. And when she gave him that name, Benoni means child, child of sorrow. But his dad, Jacob, said, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to have my son living his life known as the child of sorrow. I'm going to name his name Benjamin, which means the son of strength. And many of the kings of Israel came from the line of Benjamin. Naomi changed her name. Naomi actually means pleasant. But she looked at her situation and she saw grief and she saw pain. So she changed her name to Mara, which means bitter. You have the power to call things what you want to call them. The name that you give something is powerful. Simon, uh, one of the disciples, his name means reed, but Jesus said, you're not a reed that's floating in the wind. You're a rock. I'm gonna make your name Peter. So he changed his name to Peter. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. John the Baptist, they originally, most of his friends and family wanted to name John the Baptist Zachariah after his father. His father was a priest, and so it just made sense. Let's, let's name him after his father. But God had a plan for him, and, and Zechariah said, no, he's going to be John. He's going to be John the Baptist, even though there was no John in his family. And there's one other guy that had his name changed, and you're looking at him right here. Believe it or not, I was actually born Robert Lee Abston III. That's my, my birth name, Robert Lee Abston III. Uh, but my dad left my mom uh, when she was pregnant. And at the age of four, at the age of four, uh, she remarried and my new father adopted me and he changed my name. My name today is Robert Edward Elder. And I've been waiting a long time to tell people this because I think this is gonna mean something to somebody. You see, my name, Elder, Elder is actually another word in the Bible for shepherd or pastor. I wasn't born a shepherd or a pastor. God called me to be a shepherd and pastor and he changed my name. And I'm telling you that there are people in this room today, it's time to change the name that you've been going by. It's time to live in faith for the thing and the identity that God has called you into. What is the thing that God is speaking to you? What is the thing that God is showing you? Where are the areas in your life where you can be growing in faith? God has a plan for your life and it's a good plan. Jesus had an experience like this. Do you remember when Jesus was in the garden? He prayed to God on the night before he was to go to the cross, one of the painful, most difficult seasons of his entire life. The, when the end was right at the very, very last moments. And he prayed to God. He said, God, if there is another way, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way. But God strengthened him. And you know how he saw his season when he went to the cross? In his very last breath, he saw his season as finished. He said, it is finished. Everything I came to do, I did. 
All the promises that were written about me, I came and I fulfilled them. And I was faithful to the thing that you, my father, my heavenly father, God has called me to do. When he looked at his life, he didn't look at it as death. He looked at it as completion because God had called him to something and he knew what he was called to and he completed what God had called him to do. And because of what Jesus did, because of the sacrifice, because he came to this earth as a little child and he finished the mission, we can have a relationship with our heavenly father today. It's pretty powerful. It's pretty powerful. You know, we, uh, we started a campaign here not too long ago called the Make Room Campaign. And I love that name, Make Room. You know, when we started that campaign, there were, none of these chairs were in this room. None of them. They didn't exist. We had, we had these, uh, these old things that were so uncomfortable and dirty, you wouldn't have liked them. They, were, they weren't very good at all. But, uh, but we felt like God had called us to raise $500,000. And so we began to pray. We began to seek God. Our leaders got together. We began to sacrifice. Our family got together. My kids said, you know what? I want to buy a chair. How much is one of those chairs? I want to buy one of those chairs. We began to pray and began to seek God. And today we have these chairs in this room and and, you know, we didn't know how long we'd be able to do two services because we added like 200 more seats. So we went down to two services. I'm telling you what, the very first week that we opened up this room with this new auditorium with these chairs in it, we were so full, we knew that we had to continue to expand and continue to grow. We took a step of faith as a church when we began to sow those seeds, when we began to believe that God could move in the finances of this church, that he would move in the people of this church. And we saw God do something. And already in January, we're going to be going to three services. Can you give God some praise for that? And we don't cheer for that because we have more seats in the room. We cheer for that because there are more people that God wants to reach. There are more people that God wants to touch. There are people that are far from God in your life and in my life that God's gonna do a work in their lives. And we gotta make room for that. And so that's why we started that campaign. I wanna give you an update on that campaign. We're now down to $48,000 of the original $500,000 already raised. Can we give God praise for that? I think just in the last week, I think just in the last week, we've had $12,000 come in. And at the end of the year, I have no doubt that more and more people are gonna continue to give. There's probably people that have been feeling it in their heart. Maybe even today, you're feeling in your heart that you need to invest in the kingdom of God and be a part of what God is doing. You can do that here by the end of the year, $48,000. God can do all things. He's the owner of everything. Money is, money is no object. If you have a financial need in your life, God can do all things. We serve a God of the impossible. Faith will transform you. Genesis chapter seven, verse 10. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. And for generations to come, every male among you who is eight years old must be circumcised, including those who are born in your household or are bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not your offspring. Your faith will transform you. 
You want to be a new person in 2024? You want to go to higher levels in your walk with God in 2024? Your faith is going to transform you. It's going to leave a mark on you. And it's going to leave a mark on you that's going to affect those that are around you. The faith of Abraham is affecting us today. The faith that Abraham had affected all those that were in his household. They all were marked by that faith. As I was preparing for this message, I was thinking, what are some of the stories that I need to be telling my kids about how God has moved in my life? What are the stories that we need to be telling our families and our coworkers and sharing with other people? If we don't have any stories, what is it we're gonna leave for the next generation? Where are we really at if God isn't moving in our lives? You're marked with a visible mark. When you walk in faith, you can enter a room and see the entire room transformed. That's the God that you serve. And he's a good God. And some of you guys have been waiting for a long time. I had a, I had a mentor in my life who waited 40 years. At the age of 40, God promised to her that she was gonna start an orphanage. At the age of 80, she finally started that orphanage. God is faithful. And I don't share these stories just to brag on the people in my life that have moved in the realm of faith, who have been walking in faith. I share these stories to inspire you, to encourage you. What is it that God could do in you? What is it that God could do in Mercy Road if we all began to grow in our faith and believe that he is still the God of the impossible? three things I want to leave you with to think about that you could possibly do. One is read your Bible. It's God's word. You don't know how to hear from God? Start reading his scripture. He can speak to you every single day. It's a great place to start. Just completed my fifth year in a row of reading the Bible through in a year. And every single time I do it, I see how God has moved. James Cheatham, one of the persons in my huddles, Rob Williamson, another one of the guys in my huddles, my co-leaders that have helped me lead these huddles, they've gone through it with me. And it's amazing, every single time we pick up God's word, how he speaks to us. We leave a comment every single day about what God is showing us. God can speak to you through his word. The second thing you can do, take time to ask God what he's saying in your life. Take time every day. He can speak to you not just once in a big moment. He can speak to you every day. And the more you look for him and the more you listen to him, the more you're gonna start to hear his voice. And the last thing I wanna challenge you to do is share your stories of faith with other people so they can inspire them, so that they can know how good our God is. If you've been believing for a miracle, You've been waiting a long time. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you've taken a step back in your walk with God. I wanna tell you it's not too late. I wanna encourage you to take some time, use our prayer room, get with somebody, ask somebody to pray with you. Ask somebody to to speak life and to speak faith into your situation. 
if you have a miracle you've been waiting for, I wanna ask you to pray for prayer room. But one thing I wanna pray over anyone in this room, I would be foolish if I spoke a message on faith and didn't believe that maybe God would wanna bring somebody into a relationship with him. Maybe you feel far from God, but you feel like God has been speaking to you today. And today is a day that you wanna take a step closer to him. Just a little bit of faith, just a little bit of faith. I want you to raise your hand and I'll pray for you. Let's bow our heads. I see one person right there that wants to take a step of faith. I see two, who else? Yes, more hands going up, three, four. Who wants to take a step of faith to have a relationship with God? I want you to lift your hands up right now. We're gonna pray and believe that God will meet with you, that God will turn your situation around. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person in this room and what you're gonna do in their lives in 2024. God, we remember what you have done in the past, but God, we strive for that next step of faith that we're gonna take with you. And we look forward to how you're gonna meet us in the future and how you're gonna draw us closer to you. I pray for those that raise their hands today. God, that you pray this with me. God, forgive me, God, of the ways that I have walked away from you. Help me to come closer to you. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior so that I can have a relationship with you again. And guys, we pray and we ask God, meet with us here today. Thank you for each person in this room who chose to follow you today. Amen.